Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily Bird Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Hope your weekend was great as well. Came back to actually a good day today. It's been a, a, kind of a rough couple weeks. You know, if you've been joining us here, you know that we've been talking about the seasonality factor. August and September are not great months. Frankly, it's the first two weeks of August that aren't great. And then you get September, October, you know, crash month, a lot of trepidation, uh, volatility uh, typically tends to ramp up a bit. But as we've been telling you here, this is a different kind of bull market. It just is. This is uh, we're we're early in this new bull market. I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, uh, liquidity. It's just everywhere you look, there's liquidity, and it's the one thing. And I don't watch much TV anymore, but I read a lot. And it's the one thing I don't hear uh, see people talking about, writing about, is the ungodly amount of liquidity that's out there. We'll talk about that a little bit today because it's driving everything. We are in a multi-year melt-up bull market. Driven by liquidity, and that's kind of beginning and end right there. You could uh, 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 open and close quotes with that is the reason for this uh, massive bull market. We'll talk about that. Talk about Michael Burry, uh, what he uh, announced today, a big short fame. And, uh, of course, he made an amazing call after being wrong for a couple of years, made an amazing call in the housing industry. By the way, we don't know each other, but at the same time, Michael Burry was doing the things that put him in the big bribe. I was on stages all over the world saying the exact same thing he was saying, uh, doing the same research he was doing. From a different point of view, I was telling people on stages all over the world, we have a housing crash coming in the United States. It's probably going to crash the financial system as well. And I uh, started saying that in late 2006, early 2007. And, uh, and you know, Burry, really, from 2006, was doing kind of the same thing. Of course, they made a movie about him. Um, I do a podcast. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we'll talk about what Michael Burry announced today. Very short, the stock market, with 93% of his portfolio in put options. And two things. Wow. Talk about being a gunslinger. Something really big happened today with NVIDIA, uh, a big outside reversal day. Uh, Warren Buffett in a new filing. Warren Buffett has now gone aggressively along the home builders. Folks, I mean, this is this is this this feels good. I got to tell you, not only in our book, The Big Bribe, but last year we took an aggressive position in the home builders in October of last year and uh, pretty much backed in, up the truck with the three time leverage uh, home builder ETF. Because we think there's a, a decade-long housing boom coming, and we did last year. And so Buffett now is going aggressively long home builders. That is very good to see. I can tell, I can, I can just about promise you, you didn't make a promise. I can almost promise you this. It is statistically impossible, impossible to have a recession when unemployment is sub 4% and when Home building stocks are flying as they have been, and when home prices are at all time highs as they just hit yesterday, it's not possible to have a recession. Doesn't matter who's president, matter of fact, that has almost nothing to do with the markets. We cover this often. In fact, Democrat presidents do far better uh, in the stock market than Republican presidents do. Uh, led by Bill Clinton, 26% a year over his eight years. Remarkable. What probably, 
Well, we'll see if we'll see if it'll be topped again. I don't know. Uh, we're entering a very special time in the market here, and uh, we think we're going to have a, like a 1995 to 2000 kind of a melt up here, but for very different reasons and even better reasons. And, and this will be a different kind of melt up market. This will be broader in scope, dramatically so. It'll be global in scope. This is going to be a very interesting roaring twenties. That that's that's again that's what we're in. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about our summer game plan. Let's get to it. Uh, the markets um, were pretty quiet all morning, and then here came uh, Nvidia. Boom! You know, outside reversal day, a big move higher today, f finishing up over seven percent. Uh, it led the semiconductors finished up over three percent. I just wrote this up this morning. The semiconductors have hit the most oversold levels that they've been at since April, which is when they're about to go on their massive three-month run of 37% gains, okay? And we just, on Friday, hit the most oversold levels in the semis since then. And, um, you know, we're along the semis. We're taking some profits in them. We're still along the semis. Kind of salivating here to get more aggressively along. But we're going to let the seasonality thing play out. Not going to be in too big a rush uh, because the internals have not been great. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. There are things we look for that aren't quite there yet uh, to just go gangbusters. We've got a lot of people that came to the party late, a lot of bears that flip from bearish to bullish. They have to be dealt with. In other words, they have to sell. They have to capitulate. Again, the bears have to capitulate again. They already did it, uh, and now they got to do it again. So there's some things we're looking for from sentiment, from the internals, from timing. Uh, that just aren't quite there. Believe me, we are very. If you're with us, you know we're aggressively long, but we, you know, we like to call our shots and and be gunslingers. Kind of, it's kind of like Michael Burry is doing here. But uh, I will tell you, uh, if you ask the average person, who do they think has a better shot at winning an investment contest, Michael Burry or Kip Harridge? Ninety nine point nine percent of the people are going to say Michael Burry. Um, and he's an incredibly bright guy. I wouldn't fall. I'd probably vote. I'd probably vote that he'd win too. Uh, so, but having said that, I'm very comfortable uh, being aggressively low in this market. Recognizing that seasonality is against us here. Recognizing, as I said a minute ago, there's some things that are still against us a bit here. This is just not a great time to be super, super aggressive. Uh, but we also have decided. Tyler and I've decided. We talked a lot about this. We're not going to try to get too cute. This is a new bull market. It's going a whole lot higher based on our work. And the last thing we're going to do is try to get cute. You know, take some profits, get out of some positions, raise some cash, and then realize, wait a minute, why are the tech stocks, why, why are the semis going up 3% a day? What, what, have we, what have we done here? Now we have to buy back, buy back higher. So our game plan is to be patient, to use discipline, and uh, as my – Mentor Ted Parsons said many years ago, rest in peace, Ted, sometimes the money is made in the waiting. You know, you have to just have your positions and do nothing. You don't have to trade every day. Uh, some people love to. Um, that's not our approach here. But uh, let's, let's also talk about – let's get to the markets again now. NASDAQ up 143, our leader on the day up 1% again, led by NVIDIA. Outside the reversal day, big, big day, NVIDIA up 7%, semis up 3%. Semis lead in both directions, not sometime, all the time. The semis always lead in both directions since the birth of quantitative easing in the United States. SP of 100, up 6 tenths of 1%. Uh, Dow Jones flat on the day, up 26 points, but that's up 7 tenths of 1%, assuming 
uh, 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 0.07% because the Dow's at 35,300. Again, 26 points means diddly. Rust 2000, uh, been real disappointing last couple, last month or so for Rust 2000, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, but I think we're going to see a reversal here in the near term. We're long, uh, the small caps. Uh, this is the second half of the year story. It's an economic story. The economy is not weak. Uh, the, uh, Atlanta Fed has now, uh, has an estimate for Q3 GDP growth of better than 4%. Uh, they're probably going to overshoot that. I think they will because we're, we're, we're going to start to see demand destruction here. Let me talk about this before I forget about it. Demand destruction is exactly what the Federal Reserve wants to see. And this is something that I side with Jay Powell on. I get this. I don't entirely disagree. Look, they, they created this problem. They printed all the money. Then they called it uh, a, trans, uh, a transitory inflation, right? One of the most <laughs> truly Jethro Bodine events for the Federal Reserve in history, going back to their formation in 1913 on Jekyll Island. Wow, what a mess, right? So they caused all this problem. They caused the inflation. And now they got to try to fix their own problems so they can pat themselves on the back and take credit for it. It is nauseating uh, to uh, to a degree that it's hard for me to put into words. Uh, but, you know, this is our system and we are stuck with it. So we have to play the game, don't we? Uh, if you want to make money, you don't have a choice, you know. Um, and it's much better odds than playing the lottery. Uh, so this is what we do here. And demand destruction is what the Federal Reserve believes they're going to see and they are going to see because these high rate, 5%, 11 straight rate hikes, better than 5%, was it five and a quarter now on the Fed funds rate? Is it five and a half? I should know this, right? Five and a quarter to five and a half on the Fed funds rate. Uh, I mean, just a, a, a really an unprecedented uh, a series of rate hikes in, in less than a year and a half, uh, to again, to remedy the problem they created. Oh. Um, and there are, there are financial masters of the universe. I mean, this is, this, this is, this is where we are. This is the Roman empire. This is Rome burning, but we probably have another 50 years before the job's completed. Uh, but the, the, you know, the, uh, uh, Nero is warming up. The process has started. Um, but demand destruction with Fed funds rate where it is with mortgage rates at seven and a half percent. Okay. This demand destruction has to slow the economy down. Again, we're, we're, we're in a liquidity led bull market. More than 10 million, 10 trillion dollars has been forced into the economy from the onset of Rona and, um, you know, co combination of quantitative easing stimulus. And that's just in the U.S., by the way. So, yeah, that's the battle, right? That's the battle. All this liquidity, all this wealth creation, even if it's on funny, funny paper, funny money paper, it's still created. Uh, and now, you know, it's all searching for a home. And that's demand. And so that's what the Fed's battling. They just won't come in and admit the truth. And again, almost nobody's talking about the liquidity feature, which I find very curious. But we are, so we'll keep talking about it. So this demand destruction, destruction is going to start having an impact on the economy. I'm going to write this up for tomorrow. I read a good piece today from Ed Hyman, uh, the great economist of 50 plus years, probably the best economist, period, during his time on Wall Street of Evercore fame. And Hyman is just like, you know, you're just getting too many things uh, added up against us here. It's just how can the economy 
survive all of this. And he's talking about a recession, which he's you know really into the uh, uh, inverted yield curves. And so because they have a great history of predicting recession. So he's predicting a recession for next year. Uh, I think that's very unlikely at this point. However, I and, and that's a change for me because I, I think the economy is too strong. However, I do think this demand destruction is going to start having a dramatic effect in the economy. And for example, I think we're in the year with, you know, one and a half percent growth. The, the Atlanta Fed will uh, ratchet down their their uh, third quarter and fourth quarter uh, uh, growth rates. But the uh, but but under the hood, it's still going to be a remarkably strong economy. Again, it's impossible not to have a really strong economy with employment this strong. Thank you, Trump economic miracle. With the housing market this strong. Thank you, Trump economic miracle. And uh, and with liquidity, this un- unbelievable funny money, uh, Trump, Biden, Federal Reserve, uh, you know, QE against stimulus. Uh, this is the, we are living in a once in a lifetime time frame. This is going to be a once in a lifetime bull market, likely because of all of these ingredients. And again, we're not just talking about the U.S. This is a global phenomenon because that's what happened. Rona was a reset. There was a reset where they needed they flooded the world with money. It's probably one of the major reasons they had Rona. It's why it was a pandemic. Uh, in addition to being able to take our constitutional rights, they flooded the system with money. They wanted inflation. How long has the Federal Reserve been saying all these fetch here? We want inflation. We want more inflation. We want two percent is not enough. We need more inflation. We need right. This has been and now they have it. So. You know, people seem to have forgotten. This is what they always said they wanted. And now here we come. Miraculously, we have a pandemic and now we have inflation. That's what they wanted. So they're getting their wish. There are no accidents here, folks. There, there are no coincidences. This is all by design. That's how I look at things. That's how Tyler and I talk about it and look at it. And I think we're right on this. I, every, pretty much every fiber of my DNA says we are. So uh, Michael Burry. Uh, let's talk about him for a second, because Michael Burry um, today, through uh, SEC filings, through his fund, uh, announced that he is uh, aggressively short the stock market uh, through put options. I'm going to get this right, so let me pull up. I'm kind of rolling down my, my, my Twitter feed here. I was fairly active today uh, on Twitter. Uh, where is this? Here we go. Burry has bought $890 million worth of S&P 500 puts and $740 million of QQQ puts, NASDAQ 100. $1.6 billion in two positions. That makes up 93% of his fund's entire portfolio. This is not his money. 93% of his fund's portfolio, okay? I'm sure a lot of it's his money, but not all of it. At least that's my understanding. And so, you know, the, the permit bears are coming out and saying, we told you so. Well, look at Michael Burry. Except, except, folks, this is Crazyville. 93% of your portfolio into put options. Now, you know, he, he survived and became famous from the big short because he wasn't using puts. Right? He was short the housing market through a lot of derivatives that he, you know, he had, uh, Broker terms like Goldman Sachs create for him, essentially. And um, he had to make the interest payments and everything. I mean, it was brutal, brutal couple years. You saw the film, read the book. You know, he lost most of his clients. 
And it was a, a, a brutal time frame for him. But, but he survived it because, number one, he had intestinal fortitude and he stuck with his position. He was right to do so. But there weren't options. There weren't options because options expire. As anyone knows, as traded options, that's the most painful thing on option expiration day. You know, as I said earlier, really smart guy. We don't know when these contracts, we don't know the specifics of the contracts. We don't know, you know, exactly when they expire, anything like that. Obviously, they're long-term put options. Uh, but I also caught something in the filing that I pointed out online today. He's, he, he, he put this trade, he started this trade, these trades in the second quarter of this year. Now, I don't know what his cost basis is, but he has to have been averaging down. Because if he started this in the second quarter, look at the charts. You know, depending on when he invested in the second quarter, was it, what was it? April, May, when? Because look at the charts. We're in a mini melt up. So he's almost certainly well underwater. Now we, yeah, we've dropped 3% or something in the market, but he's almost certainly well underwater on these positions already. So, you know, I'm sure he'll come out and comment on it. He's, everyone's talking about that. So I'll move on from this, but, um, I like, um, I like how we're positioned. And I'm pretty comfortable uh, in our position and made the best man win. Um, I mentioned earlier, this is textbook early bull market action. Okay, it is. It's textbook. The bears are trapped. Again, they've capitulated and, and, and they went long and now they're going to do they're going to capitulate again. And this next move higher as they've reloaded for shorts. So this is this is the nature of a, this is how a bull market evolves, especially early on. I, I find this fascinating, and I've seen a few of these. So, um, NVIDIA, talked about it, the outside day, 7% gains today, took the SP500, excuse me, took the uh, SMH, the semi-ETF, up 3% today. Uh, looks great on the chart. I'm talking about the semis as a whole, not NVIDIA. Uh, but I think this is significant because the semis lead in both directions. I mentioned Buffett and the home builders from a second ago. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's good to see, uh, uh, it's good to see Buffett long housing because it's, it sends such a strong signal about what he believes is happening in the U.S. economy. Warren Buffett, take it to the bank, Warren Buffett would not be buying housing stocks if he thought the U.S. economy was going into any kind of a deep recession. He would not be doing this. He knows housing is a structural bull market. It's a mega trend as we've outlined in the big bribe. And who knows? Maybe he's read the book, but he would not be he would not be aggressively long housing as he is if that weren't the case. Uh, so what I wrote up this morning, uh, I'm just going to share a little bit of this with you because I ran our scans and screens this weekend. And I saw so, all the charts look this look very interesting. We're seeing counter moves that have been taking place, not primary moves, but counter moves that are now running their course. Counter moves in bonds. Um, I just laid out just near a minute ago for what I see happening with bonds and rates, which is bonds are about to have a significant top, like a multi, multi, multi year top is about to happen in bonds. Could happen tomorrow, could be a week, could be a month. I don't know. I don't think the 10 year is going to break through 4.33%. It's 4.18% today. If it breaks through by any kind of significance, I'm talking about days and price action, 
then we'll have to revisit our short-term views on, on interest rates. I don't see that happening. But if it is, I think it'd be like a blow-off top, right? Uh, and then and then you'll see people capitulate, and that will be the real top, okay? Because, again, demand destruction and these major uh, factors that are influencing economic growth, which is going to be an economic slowdown. Uh, unless we've got something else going on in bond market, in other words – Unless uh, unless the bond market's in trouble, unless the bond market vigilantes are here for real. Again, I, I, I don't know for certain. No one does. But I'll tell you that we're sticking by our forecast and, and, and recommendation uh, to buy bonds here. Fantastic buy. Anything you can get over a, a 4% yield, because uh, remember, money market yields won't stay there. They fluctuate. You can't lock those in. So you've got to actually buy bonds. Uh, and you want to talk to your broker, talk to your bank. They can hook you up there with uh, anything better than 4%. I think it's going to wind up being a fantastic buy. Not only do you have a great yield, especially if you're retired, but those bond prices will, will gain in value. You'll have capital gains plus fantastic returns, uh, especially – remember, we were at half percent a couple years ago, three, three years ago. So uh, disinflation, demand destruction, I think uh, tells us that this, this is a great buy here. That corresponding move, when bonds uh, uh, move up and yields move lower, is going to be fantastically great for the markets and for precious metals and miners, especially because of what I'm about to say. Tyler and I are looking at the same things. We're both looking at a chart of the U.S. dollar. U.S. dollar is not only hitting extreme overbought levels on our short-term momentum oscillators in the VR investing system, but it's also against steep resistance now in the chart. It's an ugly-looking chart. Well below the 200-day, lower highs, lower lows. This is a ugly, ugly chart, and uh, we're not the first to point that out, of course. But, however, we were the first, one of the first to point it out when it, when the when the dollar had an outside day, a bearish outside day, as opposed to Nvidia's today. Dollar had a massive outside day last October, and we pointed that out to you then. That that looks like a dollar top, and it was. It's still in that downtrend. So again, we're seeing demand destruction here as well. So the Fed's playing; they're using some kind of advanced artificial intelligence system to try to uh, manipulate and manufacture an economy. I'm absolutely certain of it. I said it on Charles Payne's show. I couldn't be more certain of anything. And let's hope it works. You know, if AI is everything is cracked up to be, maybe it will. But this is what I feel happening here, and it's a combination, again, what's going to happen in rates and the dollar, and we see the evidences, again, in the chart of the semis and the Qs. Again, it's the, it's the mirror image of what we're seeing in the dollar and rates as the semis and Qs hit extreme oversold levels. This is, this, is, this is where it gets fun. Okay, this is where it gets fun. When the wrong things get stretched right, and the right things get stretched at the same time. And, uh, you know, and then we can aggressively move to add to our positions and put new ones on. I, I happen to love how we're positioned here. Um, all right. Uh, but I, I also repeat this because I'm still seeing people say this. Is, here comes another 2008. Folks, Buffett's buying housing. The VRA bought housing last October. All right. Unemployment is under 4%. GDP, Federal Reserve, Atlanta Fed, estimating better than 4% growth. This could hardly be more different than 2008. Just know that. It's a very different time. It's liquidity-driven 
megatrend-driven structural bull market that's going to last for a very long time. People in position like that are going to make a lot of money. Uh, even if even if you're one of those that are just frightened to death by the Biden administration, I get it, by the way. We all do. A lot to be frightened of. Have exposure. You know, begin laddering into the markets. Uh, use pullbacks to do that. Buy the dip will remain the smart money play of this market for some time. All right, take a look at the hood today. Again, not great internals. And this is one of the things I'm talking about. You know, we track this very closely because – you know, when the internals aren't good, the market's going to struggle. That's just the way this thing works. And, uh, and for example, today, NASDAQ up 143, advanced decline negative by 700 issues for NASDAQ. Uh, now, volume was slightly positive, but only by a couple hundred million dollars worth of trading. So this is not a good day for the internals, even though NASDAQ was up 143. By the way, there were 208 stocks in the 52-week low today for NASDAQ, to only 56 hitting a new 52-week high. So again, this is not a good day. Uh, internals were negative also for NYSE. We had 500 more declining stocks and advancing. Volume was negative by $600 million worth of trading. And we had uh, eight more stocks hit in 52-week low than 52-week high for NYSE. So this is negative internal across, essentially across the board, although NASDAQ volume was positive. And again, this is uh, this is August, September. You know, this is... We, this is that shakeout. This is that pause period, whatever that's going to look like. Uh, we'll let you know when things improve from the internals point of view that we're just not there. Uh, technology is going to be in the sector watch today. Uh, tech led the way higher, again, up 1.9% uh, to the downside, 8 tenths of 1% for utilities, down 8 tenths of 1%. Uh, we had a combined one, two, three, six sectors finish higher on the day, five finished lower. Outside of those groups uh, just mentioned, not much else happening today. In our commodity watch, again, very quiet here, waiting for reversal in the dollar and rates. Gold today down 760 an ounce at 1948 by the dip. Silver down eight cents an ounce, 2265 by the dip. Copper uh, up a, a fraction of a penny uh, at 372 a pound by the dip. Uh, crude oil. Uh, been a heck of a run here, down 71 cents a barrel today, 82.48. And finally in the day, Bitcoin. Uh, also, put call ratio, I forgot to say. Tyler fed me this before the cast. Put call ratio today was over one most of the day, closed essentially at one. Again, that's what you want to see. You want to see a, a lot of bearishness. We're seeing that, by the way, really seeing that in rates and bonds. I think shorts are like an all-time high for bonds. Uh, again, you the market does one thing more than anything else. Mr. Market loves crushing the majority. Anytime you hear record level shorts in anything, a record level longs, you want to run the other way pretty much. And we're seeing record level shorts, at least in the two year. I don't know about the latest in the 10 year. I have to look into that. But two year at a record level of short sales. That's a recipe for a major counter move in the other direction. Finally of the day, Bitcoin. Uh, quiet. Twenty nine thousand three ninety two. I think that this uh, this kind of a sideways action in Bitcoin is is going to wind up being very bullish. Uh, again, summer doldrums don't extend only the stock market. We're seeing it in cryptocurrencies as well. Bitcoin twenty nine thousand three ninety two down forty six on the day. All right, folks. Hey, always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.